Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast, and we are a week away from Christmas to be exactly accurate, 10 days until Christmas, the year is flying by, and we are actually coming up to the anniversary mark of the Say What Again Billy podcast. Um, I believe I filmed a week before Christmas my pilot episode, and it just went by so fast, 41 episodes, this episode is number 41, it has gone by, I've been having a ball doing it. Um, I'm trying to make it bigger, I'm trying to give paranormal lovers, fans of urban legends, tall tales, folklore, conspiracies, ghosts, UFOs, everything that falls under the category of paranormal, great talk and great listening in my podcast, and I'm striving for perfection still a year later. I've come a long way with how I started with the Anchor app using what they have provided for me to going to a friend, Joey Valentino, who you've heard about three times now on my podcast, and upgrading to have an intro, upgrading to have background music, upgrading to buy a mic and have better recording and things like that. It's been a great learning experience. So, so far, we're coming up to the year mark of the podcast that I've started. And hopefully, to all my returning listeners, that everyone is enjoying the content that I provide. Now, in news, Spider-Man is coming out this week, and it is already breaking box office uh, records. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the actual release date is tomorrow or Friday the 17th, but you can get an early show in tomorrow. So that's some uh, science fiction Marvel comic news for you. An Australian man named Daniel Scow created a record by staying in a plank position for 9 hours and 30 minutes. That's incredible feats of superhuman levels. So that man had broke a planking record in Australia. And we are, again, 10 days from Christmas, coming up on the year mark of the Say What Again Billy podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about something that is somewhat hard to comprehend something that has been scientifically proven and that is the NDE which is the near-death experience now this is something in a nutshell from my definition that happens to someone that is clinically dead and is brought back to life or was in a traumatic event where they had died briefly and was not declared clinically dead and saw something and what people see this something they see is kind of ranged from they may see themselves or they may go and have a flashback of their entire life or they're in this blackness this void where they feel either fear or peace now this is something in the world of paranormal that has been talked about on some frequent levels and throughout TV shows and there are a lot of stories out there and what I have researched and provided for everyone listening to the show today is actually something from the post that I was in research and wanted to see if there was any newspapers or valuable articles out there and I came up with this article which is actually fairly recent, um, February 2021. 
so about a year ago, this article came out. So I'm going to give you a quick read about this article, which is from the New York Post again. And it says 5% have had a near-death experience and they say it made life worth living. So now, after I give you this information from the New York Post, which is about a year old, I'm going to go into, again, describing everything, give you some stories and give you some of my thoughts on this NDE. And I want to give credit where credit's due. A podcast that I've been listening to myself on a weekly basis is Joe Rogan. Now, Joe Rogan, in my opinion, he is the king of podcasting. Joe Rogan holds the number one podcast spot on Spotify. And the thing I like about his podcast is it just isn't about um, UFOs. Joe Rogan is a believer in UFOs. He kind of dwindles on the belief of alien life, but he goes into uh, conversations about pretty much everything. But in his podcast episodes, they he mentions to his guests, because he has guests on pretty much every episode, he mentions certain de- things like DATs, which I'll get into later, um, UFOs, and other things. And when he does get into this UFO talk and talks about other things, which is going to fall into line with this episode that I'm filming right now, it's pretty interesting. He knows his he knows his stuff. He's very intelligent. And so Joe Rogan is someone that I listen to and in, in my opinion is the king of podcasting. Now back to this article of New York Post, which is titled 5% have had a near-death experience and they say it made life worth living. About 50 years ago, Dr. Bruce Grayson was eating pasta in the hospital cafeteria when his beeper went off. Startled, he dropped his fork and left the drop of spaghetti sauce on his tie. Grayson, a psychiatrist, was urgently needed in the emergency room to treat a college student who had overdosed. With no time to change his dirty tie, which had spaghetti on it, he grabbed his lab coat, buttoned it up, and hid the stain. In the emergency room, he found the student unconscious on a gurney, her breathing slow but regular. He called her name, Holly, and tried to rouse her, but she did not stir. Grayson left Holly and met her roommate, Susan, at the end of a hole in the lounge. Unbuttoning his coat, he sat down and asked Susan to recount everything that had happened. The next morning, Grayson returned to work at the hospital. Though Holly was awake, she was also groggy, her eyes closed. Grayson leaned in. Holly, I'm Dr. Grayson, he said. Holly stirred. I remember you from last night, she mumbled. Grayson was a little confused. I didn't know you can hear me, he said. Not in my room, Holly muttered. I saw you talking with Susan, sitting on the couch. Suddenly, Holly opened her eyes, looked Grayson in the face, and added, You were wearing a striped tie. It had a red stain on it. Grayson was shocked. What? he said. Holly went on to recount Grayson's conversation with her roommate and nailed every detail. My immediate reaction was almost terror. This can't be happening, Grayson told the Post. After a few days, I thought this couldn't have happened. It must have been some trick. People were playing on me. The encounter, however, continued to gnaw at him. Grayson began studying the so-called near-death experiences, NDEs, from a scientific standpoint, collecting hundreds of stories from those who have had them. He discovered that Holly's experience was not unique and that many people who survived the jaws of death report strange, out-of-body experiences. 
Since meeting Holly, Grayson had published hundreds of academic papers and co-founded the International Association of Near-Death Studies. His search for the answers is chronicled in his new book, After a Doctor Explores What Near-Death Experiences Reveal About Life and Beyond, out March 2nd, I'm assuming 2021. According to Grayson's research, near-death experiences are fairly common. Some 10% to 20% of people who come close to reporting them, about 5% of the population at large. Back in the 80s, when someone had this experience, they thought they were the only person who had it, says Grayson. Now a psychiatric and neurobehavioral sciences professor at the University of Virginia School of Medicine, it's increasingly common for someone to feel comfortable talking about them. No two NDEs are exactly alike, but Grayson has cataloged a few common elements, one cited by some 80% of people who've had an NDE is the fact of leaving your body. Al Sullivan was a Connecticut truck driver who one day in 1988 found himself in the hospital with chest pains. He was rushed to the operating room for bypass surgery. He told Grayson that when he came to, he was looking down at the surgery that was being performed. One puzzling aspect of the scene was the surgeon seemed to be flapping his arms like a bird. The imagery sounded so nonsensical. Grayson suspected it might have been a dream. But then Grayson contacted Sullivan's surgeon, who told him of his unusual habit that he had. After he scrubbed in for surgery, he avoided accidentally touching anything by keeping his hands pinned to his chest and pointing at things for his assistance with his elbows. It was the same flapping Sullivan had described, despite being anesthesized, his chest cut open and his eyes taped shut. Another well-known feature experienced by about one quarter of those having an NDE is the life review, in which a person's life flashes before their eyes. Now I'm going to stop reading this article right now to get into the talk that I have about NDE. Now I've had a podcast episode that was speaking about sleep paralysis, and I believe it was give or take one of my first few episodes when I began my podcast, and it was based off of something that I had watched with my wife, a documentary called The Nightmare. And in The Nightmare, it was a documentary of recordings and studies of people that have this sleep paralysis. And about a high percentage, anywhere from 60 to 80%, reported having sleep paralysis and seeing things that were similar corresponding with other people's visions of what they experienced during sleep paralysis. When it comes to the NDE, the near-death experience, some of the stories, or I shouldn't say some, most of the stories are pretty in line with what everybody else is saying that experienced the NDE. So he, this doctor is saying that he was talking to this woman Holly's friend who had experienced everything that happened. And when he left Holly and went out to talk to her roommate in this hallway near a couch, the girl that was in the 
you know, room out cold, knocked out, was basically seeing this doctor that wrote this book, report I just read from the post, the girl that was unconscious saw this doctor talking to her friend. If she was clinically knocked out or clinically, you know, dead or, well, they didn't know she was dead. She said her, her breathing was, you know, steady. She was sleeping, knocked out. How did she know that he was talking to her? There's a lot of reports that people can see what happened when they were clinically dead. Now, the truck driver, for instance, was going through a bypass surgery. Bypass surgery is your heart. You know, regards regards to cardiac and anything affiliated with your chest region, your, your heart, you know, bypass, triple bypass, double bypass. So clinically, he was dead. They had to stop his heart to operate on it or put him in anesthesia. So this guy seen this doctor that was operating, the surgeon, a very meticulous, um, weird routine he had so that when he was scrubbed in, he wouldn't touch anything and described to a T when this man was unconscious, pretty much, you know, clinically dead, described it to a T from how or from the great beyond that he came back to his body and was able to remember this. So people are reporting these things where no one else would know except the people that were present at the operating table or that were present in this doctor's incidents that wrote this, uh, that was re- being reported by the New York Post, Dr. Grayson, when he went to speak to the girl who was unconscious from overdosing, speaking to this girl's friend, and the person that was pretty much overdosed and sleeping was able to recall an incident that was private between Dr. Grayson and her friend and the, and the girl who was on the table knocked out. She was able to recall the, a whole conversation that was taking place privately between Dr. Grayson and the girl, I believe her name was Holly, with her friend, privately, and can recall the whole thing. So a lot of the NDEs, you're out of your body. So essentially in my in my theory, my you know, um, my own assumptions and what I'm talking about is a lot of people have these outer body experiences and they're not dead. So I mean they are dead on the plane of earth, but are able to float in between the earth and wherever we may go. Now I'm keeping it neutral here because I am Catholic. I have listeners that you know, may not have a religion or don't believe in per se a particular God or whatever. So I'm not going to say heaven, hell or wherever, but the soul leaves the body or your spirit or whatever leaves the body and is floating in between the plane of earth and in between wherever the great beyond, let's call it. And they're able to recall what is going on to your body, even though you're not in it, an outer body experience or in other terms, OBE, outer body experience. And that's something that a lot of people that have NDEs are commonly report that they can see everything going on. One particular thing is the life review. You hear a lot of people, you hear the term life flash before your eyes, where you can see everything that has happened to you, every single person you've ever met, whether it's for five, 10 minutes, or even seconds, flash between your eyes, everything you've done, and then it goes into something else. People report going into a blackness that I mentioned earlier, 
where they have this, even though it's pitch black, a comforting feeling, or they see this light and they have this comforting feeling. Other people report, and there's a lot of reports about this, and there's so much that I really can't take the time that I have and go into every single story. But people go to this light and they say that they're so comforted, even the black void where they're just in this blackness and they're peaceful and they're, and all of a sudden they go back and they're like, oh man, I didn't want to go back. I mean, obviously it wasn't your time. And some people can actually, there was a story I was reading about someone that was hit by a, a car on their bike and they could see themselves being worked on, on the street after this accident occurred. And they felt themselves get pulled back to their body and didn't want to go back because the feeling was so euphoric. They said they felt peace. Every single aspect, every molecule, cell, and part of them felt peaceful for the first time. And then obviously EMT, paramedics, bring the person back and they go back and then when they wake up, they're in pain because they're now back on this plane, this this earth. And they didn't want to come back, but they can feel pain now because they're back in their body and they can recall everything that happened. Now, this is intrigued me because of things I've been listening to in the past week. And I've also known about this, you know, being in the field of the paranormal. But it's intriguing because what makes things believable to me per se is when everyone is saying the same thing. Now, everybody doesn't have an NDE, but the people that do describe some of the more common things we've just talked about, whether it be the bright light, walking to the light, a black void, a comforting feeling, flashes before their eyes, life, their life flashing before their eyes rather, and the simple fact that they can recall accounts that they shouldn't remember. Like they shouldn't remember it and like come back and say, yeah, the doctor did this, but the doctor said that and the doctors and the surgeons and the nurses are all baffled by it. like, how did you know that and you were clinically dead and you came back and you were able to distinguishly tell everything we said and we did. That's something that science cannot prove. When you're clinically dead and your brain is not functioning, you should not have any memory or recollection of what happened because your brain is not working. You are clinically dead. For you to remember something when you were physically not here, you know, when people say the term that we've been hearing a lot of lately, which I don't want to get into, but follow the science. Science says when you're clinically dead, your brain is not working. You are not physically here. And you come to and you can just just tell exactly what was said when you weren't here. You didn't have a heartbeat, heartbeat, you didn't have a breath. That is something that is, in my opinion, something science can't prove. I have actually read an article where science is saying your brain is dead, that these accounts that people recall shouldn't be physically possible. It's mind-boggling. It's baffling. And that's something that is intriguing to what I'm talking about because at the end of the day, if science can't distinguish or prove why it's happening, then that's the thing that makes it believable in my opinion. So uh, one of the reasons that I want to get into it because I gave Joe Rogan his, his, you know, his credit is due is the simple fact that this he was talking about uh, DAT, which is I'm not even going to 
um, try to pronounce the scientific name of it, but it's apparently a drug that simulates a near-death experience. And this drug, the uh, DAT, um, he talks about it. And it apparently has a effect on you like having a near-death experience. And the people that take this drug, I'm sorry, it's not DAT, it's DMT. Um, and the people that take this drug, this DMT drug, see things, right? And they're seeing, because um, I, I was baffled when I was listening to Joe Rogan. Like, he was like talking to um, a lady, um, Blair White, I think her name was. And she got into like, oh, I believe in elves at the beginning of the episode. And then later on, two hours later, they finally got into this DMT talk. And they're like, oh, yeah, when I took DMT, Joe Rogan's like, yeah, when I took DMT, um, I saw elves. And she went on saying, I saw elves too. And apparently it does something to your brain where your brain lets off, lets off a particular chemical, which is a chemical that's supposedly released when you're going into the death stage of your life and you see certain things like almost like a psychedelic acid trip type thing but you can distinguishly make out everything that's going on and remember it well not really remember it but you can bits and pieces and one thing commonly seen is like elves or what Joe Rogan and this lady that was on his podcast say gestures and they tell you things and they say things and again when everybody's well, when people people that did take the that had experience in NDE say pretty much the same things, and you can't prove how they can even remember that because they physically won't hear. The same thing crosses my mind when it comes to this drug that's kind of along the lines of an NDE. People are seeing the same thing: these jesters, these elves. And the reason I mentioned this this drug that simulates NDEs is not only because it simulates some things and some. Um, feels and vibes that you that you get with NDEs, near death experiences, is the fact that people are seeing this same things when they're on this particular drug, the DMT. So why do people see certain things? Now, can science prove why you're seeing these things? Now, the sleep paralysis, they can say it's your brain function when you're in this REM. You know, you're in this deep sleep and your brain. Uh, puts out certain things and that's why you see shadows and you can't move because your brain is basically half asleep half awake and you're half asleep and half awake but science really can't explain the our, um the near-death experiences and with as far as dmts they can't really i don't know why you would see elves um i was having a conversation won't say with with who but that's a day in the past they had taken drugs or shrooms or something and the relation or the similarity to DMT from shrooms is kind of similar. You get this psychedelic colors and you have to take it, which listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, he said you better take it when you're on a, you know, a positive clean slate of life because if you take it when you're down, you're going to have a really bad time. Um, I think that when you take these things, um, a drug like that, DMT, that it may be things that are going in your brain. And you know how they say you don't really use all of your brain? Everything bottled up will come out when you take this drug. And that's why they say to take it in a good thing. But why people actually see similar things and people report seeing similar things, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why when people take this drug, they see something similar. And I also don't necessarily know why... 
um, it's compared to an NDA, except for the one story I heard where um, someone actually said they saw themselves laying down. Now, it's similar to NDE, but again, this is a drug, you know, a drug you're still on this plane unless, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, you OD, but NDEs, you're, you know, you're clinically proven by doctors and people, surgeons that you are dead. But, um, you know, I'm going to tell you a quick story from me. Um, in my early to mid twenties, you know, and I'm going to tell you because we've all done it at some point in our lives. I had tried weed and I was at a girl's house that I was friends with. I, I kind of liked her and we invited one of my friends over and he had brought weed and he was like, oh, you know, yeah, try it out. It's good. You know, it'll help you like, you know, mellow out and stuff. I was like, yeah, why the hell not? I had no work the next day. I believe it was like a Friday night and I had done, you know, like eight and everything was, you know, I was just in the clear chilling and, you know, enjoying the night. And I had tried it once before, but I don't think I had did it the right way. So when I took my first hit, I didn't do it right. So he was the kid who came over to the house that the girl I was at, the house of the girl's house that I was at. He's like, that's not how you do it, man. Come on, you got to hit it and basically inhale it. And I think I took like three or four big hits and I stopped and I had just eight. And that's where my night went to shit. My night went to complete shit because I was high as a kite and I can remember weird things happening. Um, this girl's house that I was at, she had mirrors. She had like a studio. So there was one big room that was basically her living room, bedroom. Her bed was in there, but it was large. So her couch was on the other side. She had these mirrors above her couch. And every time at that point I looked up to the mirrors, I could see myself sticking my tongue out. And I was like looking in the mirror and I was, I was sticking my tongue out and like almost like I was doing it to myself because I could see myself in the mirror, but I couldn't stop doing it. So like that was weirding me out. I know I ended up throwing up, which is something very common when you take like drugs. Now this was weed. So maybe it was because it was my first time doing it. I was super stressed out as a kid working and stuff. But when you throw up, when you take these drugs, especially psychedelic drugs, you tend to get better when you throw up. But I remember throwing up and laying down. And when I got to that couch after seeing myself sticking my tongue out in the mirror and throwing up in her kitchen sink because for whatever reason I couldn't make it to the bathroom which was around the corner from the kitchen. I uh, went to the couch, laid down and I swear on everything I love. I can recall seeing myself laying on the couch. Like I could physically see myself laying on the couch. It lasted for seconds and then I was back in the couch and I was like, this is crazy. Ultimately, I fell asleep and woke up at like two in the morning where she was in bed. She let me sleep, obviously, and I just gathered my stuff and, you know, closed the door, made sure the doors were locked and went back home next morning, calling her, apologizing. And, um, you know, she, she understood because my first time smoking, you know, but she was a trooper. She was, you know, real cool with that. But the reason I told that story is I experienced something with drugs and we're talking about this DMT stuff. And it's said to simulate or be close near having an NDE. Um, but this DMT is almost people use it as like they're getting a life lesson from whatever they see in it, which is odd. Um, and some people reported that when they go on this DMT trip, they're getting lessons and they're seeing things and everything is colorful. Like they feel peaceful. They're like, 
one with the stars and one with life and then they come back and they do it so many times that certain times some certain stories that people say is that when they've done this drug dmt which is again why i'm talking about it, it simulates nde supposedly they do it so many times that when they come and see these gesture jesters or elves or whatever they are they actually tell the people that have done it many times don't do it no more you got the knowledge you need so i felt like i had to tell and explain and drop in the whole dmt thing because you're seeing things that you shouldn't be seeing or you're getting these vibes and it kind of correlates with the nde but really going back on track to the nde the reason it's really interested which i had said prior is the simple fact that the reports that people report they shouldn't be reporting it because they shouldn't have known and in my opinion when it comes to anything that's odd strange paranormal if you're reporting something that a scientist or a doctor like this doctor that we were talking about um dr grayson and he was in the hallway speaking privately with a friend to a person that was in the other room basically knocked out and then person wakes up and speaks to the doctor the next day and that person is telling the doctor a conversation that she shouldn't know about that's something you can't explain that is beyond fathomable and you have to just come to a a realization that something must happen when we do pass away which going back to the um DMT talk, that drug, people that are said to have taken it kind of feel a little bit easier with the the ending of their life, their death, because that is something, you know, everybody thinks about it. Me, I think about it because, you know, look at the, look at the podcast I run. Look at it, you know, look at the stuff I'm into. It's something that everyone is, you know, if you sit and think about it one day, everyone is ultimately scared. You know, if you have faith and you're into religion, you you know you know that you're good. But even though you know you're good and you that's your belief that you'll you know live forever uh, eventually or in your faith, it's something that's scary. You know, you don't know what's gonna happen. You know, like I said, unless you have faith, and if you don't have faith, you know it's got to be scary to think about. You know, you and as as humans, we tend not to potentially think about it, and that's how we get by. And um, in another episode in the weeks to come, um, I'm going to have an episode where I get into detail about some things like that. So I'm thinking about doing an episode called Life Talk, um, Meaning of Life, um, something that's on my to-do list. So I'll go more into depth about it. But, you know, it's something scary, this this whole death talk. And, um, you know, when you go and listen to these NDEs, you kind of get some kind of uh, like, all right. Based on these stories, maybe it's not bad. Everyone's reporting they're peaceful or they can see things happening. and But most of them feel peace, you know? And then when people describe their experiences to DMT, it's almost like they pass away and they're peaceful and everything is peaches and cream. So, you know, that's why people take this DMT drug. So, I mean, really, who knows? But at the end of the day is when you talk about NDEs and you're hearing these stories and you read more and more into the stories where actual doctors are reporting and giving their, you know, their quotes and their their feedback of the case and they have no explanation when a scientist or a doctor has no explanation to something unexplainable, you have a actual paranormal happening and you get closer to having proof in a category that falls into the paranormal world. And I find that 
very interesting. So in, in the weeks to come, maybe a week or two, we're going to have a uh, Meaning of Life episode where I'll go into some talk that is um, in the category, um, some some stuff I've been thinking about lately, uh, get a little into some personal stuff that correlates with that episode. But I got some great episodes planned out, and I hope you did enjoy this one because the NDE, the near-death experience, is something that is in the paranormal world. And I'll give credit where credit due, Joe, uh, where credit's due. Joe Rogan gave me the idea to potentially talk about it today. His podcast is awesome. His last three episodes, um, his latest three episodes is, is something that you should definitely listen to if you want to follow up after hearing this and go listen to the king of podcasting, Joe Rogan. Um, that's something that I highly recommend. So this is going to wrap up another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. I'd like to thank the Anchor app for giving me the opportunity to do yet another paranormal episode. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, Anchor is the free app that allows you to get your podcast out idea out there. It has all the tools you need to film your podcast. You can film from your phone, laptop, or tablet, and they will give you everything you need to get your podcast idea out there to outlets like Spotify, Apple Podcast, Breaker, and many other outlets. So Anchor, thank you so much. Thanks all my listeners for listening to yet another episode. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.